say, Luke, can I talk to you for a moment? Just over here in this corner. Yeah, go ahead, Connor. No, my name's Bullwinkle Moose. I'm a bit of a special guest for this. Um, I was looking over your resumes and headshots, and I gotta be honest, I don't think you, Connor, or your guest, Wendy, are gonna be able to play peas. Play peas? Well, of course. You said you needed my help with podcasting. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. That's a perfect Rocky and Bullwinkle joke. I'm uncomfortable bad, with how good actually. that Bullwinkle is. That is a is. perfect fucking Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> joke. Welcome to No Highway Option. It's the cinema podcast where we answer the one question that applies to every film. Is it better or worse than Vin Diesel's 2005 seminal masterpiece, The Pacifier? My name is Connor J. Burke. I'm one of your hosts. I've been working on that joke for the past week. And if I could go on a road trip with any cartoon character, I it would be i can't think of i literally forgot every cartoon character that has ever existed (laughs) this was your idea yeah i know and then i just stopped cat dog popped in my head i'll say cat dog which half they're one they're one it's a package deal fair enough very single being i'm uh i'm your other host luke if i had to go on a road trip with a cartoon character i'm gonna say jack fenton Danny Phantom's father? Mm-hmm. Any reason why just the dad? Yeah, he's fun as hell, dude. He's always saying nonsense. That's a good point. Never and we have it. a special guest with us today. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Wendy. Uh, if I could go on a road trip with any cartoon, I guess maybe Spongebob. I'd love to see the bus schedule at rock bottom. True. Yeah, it seems <laughs> unreliable from what I remember. The, the obligatory. Yeah. I don't uh, understand <laughs> your accent. And in case you couldn't tell by that intro or by the opening joke when I shouted the title in Glee, uh, the movie given to us this week from last week's guest, Patrick, is the 2000 live action adaptation of rocky and bullwinkle over on our instagram coming attractions game nobody got it right because it was a dumb hint but a good hint i think i feel like half of the month of april is just me saying good hint over and over anyway if you follow our instagram at no highway pod the first sunday of every month for 24 hours we have an instagram story where there are picture clues and it gives you an opportunity to guess and if you get it right you get a shout out on the show. You guess what movie the picture is representing, of course. And yeah, follow us over there. It's a fun time. If you get it right, you get a shout out on the show. If you get it wrong, 
I may post your answer and tell you how it's wrong to help others. You get unlimited amount of tries for some reason. There's no way to stop that. <laughs> anyway, enjoy the rest of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Does anyone have a history with this movie or? I know I sure that do. I saw it. <laughs> it was uh, a surprisingly large part of my childhood. It was larger than I think it merits. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, that worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> For me, yeah, it was definitely, I mean, the original Rocky and Bullwinkle, like my parents introduced me to it. So I watched that as a child. And then I, when I was in, like, middle school, I saw this for the first time. And for some reason, it kept, like, creeping back in my subconscious. This was a senior year of college, can't sleep, just put on headphones and watch this movie for some reason. This and the Brady Bunch movies. I this don't know why. This was your Bewitched. Yeah, basically. I, uh, I saw it once, uh, and I know that I saw it, but from watching it, I could not remember one single thing. This was a new experience anything? to me. Nothing. Wow. That's almost impressive. <laughs> right. Like, I'm watching this now and I, I don't understand how that happened. Like, I didn't particularly vibe with Looney Tunes back in action, but I saw it and I remember, like, moments at least. Mm -hmm. This, nothing. Interesting. I don't even know what Looney Tunes back in action is. Ha! It's Brendan the one with Frazier goes on an adventure with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Nothing. It was the last live action Looney Tunes movie in 2003, I want to say. That sounds okay. right. I have nothing to argue that. Yeah. I always forget if it's 03 or 04. All right. Do we want to get started talking about Rocky and Bullwinkle with our new little uh, thing that you came up with, Luke? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Why don't you tell everyone what's going to happen? All right. So since we've been uh, getting a little looser these past couple episodes, we haven't really been doing the beat by beat. We've just been kind of doing more of a free flow thing. Uh, I thought it would be fun if Connor and I split up the movie and one of us took the first half and one of us took the second half and we would each write a summary and then the opposite person would read that summary. So this week I got the first half and Connor's going to read that, and Connor got the second half, and I'm going to read that. Oh it's sort of a Michael Che, Colin Jost joke swap thing, except oh, the best. longer. <laughs> Hopefully one of us isn't going to make the other one say racist things. Uh, my half is clean of that. Uh, I obviously well. don't know what yours is. <laughs> Mine is as well. All right, so here we go with the... Oh, no. Nice. <laughs> All right, sorry, one thing caught my eye, and I was like, immediately, I can't, I'm mad at this. All nice. right. <clears throat> I'm excited. This is titled Ron and Bert, First Half. The year is 2000. The Rocky and Bullwinkle show has been canceled. The only time it airs is during reruns. This has had a devastating effect on Frostbite Falls. All of the trees are gone, hashtag call the Lorax. The Cold War has ended, and the, and, and the narrator's mom makes subpar mesh... Tators. Robin and Boonwinkle are living off 30 cent residual checks. Rocco cannot fly anymore. On the villain side of things, we have a trio of antagonists. Fearlet's leader, a Nazi Dr. Evil played by Robert De Niro. <laughs> Boris, Jason Alexander sporting a mustache that looks like eyebrows drawn with a sharpie. And Natasha, a Russian stereotype. 
the 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 evil gang tricks Linda Carolini in a military outfit for some reason into signing a contract to produce a Rupert and Bonacle movie. This brings the villains to life in the present-day world. Upon arrival, they form RBTV, really bad TV, a station they plan to use to hypnotize the country into electing Nazi Robbie Denirpo president. In response, the FBI sends Agent Karen Sympathy, a Rotini and Bill Nickel fan with a trapped child version of herself behind her left eye, to fetch Moose and Squirrel. After minor cartoon shenanigans, the Aminals are bought to our world. The unlikely trio of Karen, Ricky, and Boot Pimple begin their cross-country journey to NYC to stop Fearless Leader. They are pursued by Boris and Lady Boris. After Karen is arrested, young Keenan and Kel pick up Remus and Beat Tinkle. Keenan and Kel are searching for America, and this group heads to Wasamata U. Without their knowledge, Boris has donated a large sum of money to the university in Bean Puckle's name, so he will be given an honorary degree and forced to give a speech. During the speech, Boris plans to zap moose man into the internet the students are rightfully mad at the system for giving a degree to a moose because of money i'm honestly not surprised by the college's decision my alma mater eliminated the program i graduated from to finance a non-regulation track but i digress ripple is able to learn to fly again and foils the plan couple things there (laughs) um that's not linda cardellini is it not linda cardellini it's janine garofalo do they look alike? Eh? I don't think so. Oh. I genuinely thought it was Linda Carnalini. I can see why it's... I can see it, but like... Were I, they both in the Scooby-Doo live actions? Linda Carnalini is. She's Velma. I don't think... Je- Janine Garofalo Luke, I know like, where you're getting that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I understand, but... I cannot spell her name. Maybe it's just the way she looked here. I don't know. It's kind of just like dark hair, big glasses. Yeah. She's wearing the Velma glasses. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's a summary of it. Um, I just... I like this movie a lot. I know. It's, it's hard for me to be partial with this, because a lot of the jokes are admittedly bad. But, like, that's why they're funny. That's that's like how Rocky and Bullwinkle is and was. Right. Although I will say, after the first maybe 45 seconds of the movie, when the uh, narrator was like talking about Frostbite Falls and they're on residuals, I was like, oh my god, they're self-aware. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, they know, they're in cartoons, which is like kind of the point of the whole movie. But I was like, sitting there, I was like, they know, they're in reruns. And they're all making, like, self-awareness jokes about it. So much. I forgot mm. about that whole aspect of the movie. And it's which a... is arguably 68% of it. <laughs> yeah, a huge part of it. Yeah. I Yeah, the, the whole... It airs during reruns, but they exist, and they're getting the residual checks, but their world is messed up. I, like, for a few seconds, I was like, I don't know what's going on, and I think this logic is confusing. And then it was like, it's Rocky and Bullwinkle. They don't know the difference between wildlife conservation and wildlife conversation. I missed that one. It's it's just a quick joke where Bullwinkle's like, I'm the head of wildlife conversation. Rocky's like, you mean conservation? He's like, well, what's what did I say? Conversation. 
well, someone's got to start talking about this. Like, just dumb, snappy wordplay. That happened. There was a there was a chunk of it. Now, these are the real Rocky and Bullwinkle actors, right? Rocky is. Uh, Bullwinkle, I believe, had passed away at this point. Oh, okay. But Rocky is still played by June Foray. Who is uh, the voice of the grandmother in Mulan, right? Yes, ah. she's a very famous voice actor. Uh, she's the granny in like all the Looney Tunes stuff. Okay, so that answers the question of does her voice really sound like this? It's it. This isn't what Rocky sounded like before this. Like okay. it just it's he sounds old, unfortunately. So I mean, maybe it's a choice. I don't know. I could. Well, I did it's... not like Rocky's voice. I mean, she had been working since scrolling to the bottom of her IMDb page. Wow, this just keeps going. She'd been working since the 30s, so like... Right. Understandable. It, it sounds old. Oh, right. This movie came out in, what, 2000? Yeah. Okay. I, she was she the was voice 70. of... Yeah, only. <laughs> I mean, she... Spry young 70. <laughs> She passed away in 2017. Uh, her last credit is actually as Rocky again in DreamWorks did a CGI Rocky and Bullwinkle short to put on the Mr. Peabody and Sherman DVD. And she's playing Rocky again. And it's it's not great. I like this a lot better. But that's here nor there. Don't you have a... A friend who calls you Mr. Peabody? No. Or is there a no, different that story was your, there? Isn't that your uh, Instagram? No. No? Somebody has Mr. Peabody 5000 or something. Somebody I know. Oh, there was some guy named Mr. Body who like stalked me on Twitter when I was in high school. There wasn't... That's your a dad story. didn't call somebody Peabody? There isn't he any... might have? Any Burke family history with... Peabody. I don't think so. I mean, the Peabody and Sherman movie, the kids got swoopy red hair and glasses. Maybe I made that's... that up. Yeah, no, that sounds like <laughs> some dream logic that. nonsense. Apparently, this is like a Robert De Niro project. Um, It had been in pre-production, I think, like with a different story in the early 90s where they wanted Danny DeVito and Meryl Streep to be Boris and Natasha. Well... Which could work yeah <laughs> although yeah, try could. try getting danny devito to do any other accent aside from the accent he has that's yeah that's true <laughs> i can't think of anything i mean he's done other languages he was the voice of the lorax for every dubbing that's true but he probably still did those languages yeah no <laughs> danny devito accent it's probably those we done yeah <laughs> What a terrible movie the Lorax was. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's not great. Bits of me enjoyed it, but not great. Unlike this. Bits of you enjoyed it, or you enjoyed bits of it? Both. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, you know, sections of the brain where it's like the hypothalamus and the whatever gland, and then there's like a bit where it's just like animated Dr. Seuss movies are sometimes good. <laughs> okay. The whole fearless leader thing of, like, coming out of the TV, they're attached to the project, Robert De Niro's playing fearless leader because he's, like, 
practically having a mental breakdown, I guess. Like, like in real life or in this film? Oh, in real life. I mean, he produced this. Like, this is a Robert De Niro, like, he wanted this done, apparently. That so makes you would a lot say of sense. Robert De Niro is to this movie what Jimmy Buffett is to Hoot? Yeah, except Robert De Niro is in this a lot more. Right. Now, so this character, obviously, the Fearless Leader, has been around since this show was the 60s, yeah? Yeah, Fearless Leader has always been the Boris and Natasha boss. So, the the show, the one that was before The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy, whatever that other show was called, you remember? Evil Con Carne? Yeah. That guy with the glass eye. Well, that's I gotta mean, be based on that character, right? He's probably an homage, but, like, they're both wearing vaguely Nazi bad guy uniforms. But even, like, the head shape and the scar on the face, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, I never thought about that, but I can see it now. Interesting. for sure, but I feel like it's too close to not at least have some kind of... Yeah, like, this, this was such a big show, people, like, have been influenced by it. So much so they remit they're doing a remake of the show currently on Amazon Prime. They get pulled out of the TV because of a contract because they're attached to the project, and the whole thing goes down for a second because Carl Reiner doesn't like moose pictures. I feel like there's a much bigger story to that. Are there other moose pictures? <laughs> Is there something that's come before this? Yeah. Although I did write down, even though the pun was weak, the contract was ironclad, which was one of my favorite jokes. That's a good one. Scene, right? Yeah. Oh, it's so yeah. Good. Oh no, it's a good one. And the amount of cameos I wrote down, and my oh. voice—I was watching it with my roommate. She was sitting next to me, and my voice. Every time I said the name of a person who was like making a cameo, my voice just got louder and louder and louder. <laughs> it just John didn't Goodman stop. is yeah. playing not John Goodman. I yeah yeah he is and he makes a point to say he's not john goodman <laughs> yep he does that happens <laughs> weird little thing there's so much in this that's so many quick things that how expensive was this movie well considering piper parabo was clearly hugging the air and not a prop yeah. in any way shape or form i'd probably say Some... slightly low budget See, I, I would initially think that because, yeah, some of the compositing is a little messy, especially in towards the end when Rocky is carrying her and she's just like, ah, eh, trying some to of hold it, on to him. Yeah. Some of the compositing is messy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Imagine... Winkle will be in this general area. Ah. He's, a, he's about <laughs> this tall. When yeah, you hug well... him, just put your arm up about this high. When it's just, like, when there aren't humans, I think the, what's it called? The cartoons interacting look good enough. Like, if yeah. they're interacting with, like, a real object or, like, crashing into a wall. It's a $76 million budget. $6 which... million dollars less than the Snyder Cut. More. More, yeah. That worked. That's how math <laughs> work. Because, yeah, some of it doesn't look great. But there are other times when it looks like they spent a lot of money on something they only used for half a second, like that mole in the White House gag. Yeah, that where... was horrible. That was a horrible <laughs> thing. They kept cutting back to it. 
Yeah, they was... only did twice. Twice was twice too many times. It was this like it was a puppet animatronic of just a realistic mole. And what an odd convention to introduce fifteen minutes into the film and never bring back again. Nope. No puppets they... were ever seen again after they the, reference the mole it in the once. White House. I think Fearless Leader says something about my mole in the White House said this. Yep. But that's it. But do we see the puppet again? No. Nope. And thank God. (laughs) It is an ugly little thing. That hairy little mole pig. It's the glasses. (laughs) Yeah. The glasses are just the eyes, because, like, there's, like, fleshy pink around the eyes, and that just, like, ugh. Gives me the weirds. Yeah. There's times where they're using practical effects. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know why. Because it was 2000 and they were able to mix it better. I guess. I just like, what's happening here all the time? That's the thing. The movie doesn't give a shit. I I know. (laughs) And that's why I like it. I respect it. I don't know, man. A lot of times this feels like worse Space Jam to me. But this actually is, like, loyal to the characters. Uh, so's that, mostly. Space Jam's not at all, bud. Uh, I, I've i never heard anyone but you say that, though. Interesting. I'll just say interesting to that. Because <laughs> we've had this argument on this show. No, we didn't get there. I have no lines in this play. I'm only in that movie <laughs> for Michael Jordan. <laughs> just here to go to you into a space jam fight yeah well someday i'll be successful when the sequel comes out we'll have at it even (laughs) though that's gonna be (laughs) studio green light is a big ass lighthouse that makes everyone know that you're making a movie of course it is what are the uh what are the the agents saying as they run up the stairs is it up or is it just I, <laughs> I think I think they're either saying up or just like a rabble rabble peas and carrots type thing. It sounded like um when we were in college, Connor, I went with another roommate of ours to his brother's frat house. Ah. And there were pledges in there, and what they had the pledges doing was every time they went up the stairs, they had to say up, 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 up. And then on the way down, they had to go down, 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 down until they were off the stairs. And that's what those uh, guys sounded like. Interesting. I guess that's to, like, try and break them mentally? I, I don't understand I, I think hazing it's... <laughs> and pledges stuff. I think it was probably just a rasm. Um, as far as these cops here, I don't know why they did it. <laughs> we had no Greek life at our school right. that lost a theater department. So... <laughs> I think one of the reasons I like this so much is I respect a dumb movie that just goes for it. I think that's why I like Repo so much, because it's oh a dumb movie that just it goes for it. It's like, who cares about the general audience? We're just we're having fun. This is what we would want to see. I can say that this is head and shoulders above Repo. I agree. Cleanly. This is also maybe it's because I'm used to seeing them for like over 20 years. I think this is one of the best 2D characters to CG, like, translations. Especially for that period. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the times they'll be like Alvin and the Chipmunks or the Smurfs. They're just, like, 
trying to look too realistic and just look messy and kind of gross. But this, like, it just looks like here they are. Honestly, I think I'd probably put this above Alvin and the Chipmunks, too. Haven't seen the Smurfs. Probably agree with you there, too. I think I would put back in action above this. Because what's that? Three, six years ahead of this? Three. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, yeah, back... I I don't know, actually. I haven't seen wow. back in action recently enough, too. I really like this. That's high praise, because you also really like back in action. Well, yeah, but I also bring up I like back in action every time Space Jam comes up, because I like that one better. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't mean much because i don't like space jam anyway <laughs> i will admit i'm not a huge fan of the rocky is depressed so he can't fly subplot yeah poor like, rocky it, it's it's yeah it's a bummer and then well and do they he, explain it even or do, is it just because they're in reruns no. i guess i've lost the knack oh right yeah is just what he says a few times and then he flies at Bullwinkle's uh, uh, honorary Mooster's degree ceremony. But I guess he doesn't land quite right. So for like three more scenes, right. he's like, well, I can't fly. And I'm like, but you did. Right. Why did they go back to it? You, you, yeah, I. <laughs> we saw it. We, we all witnessed it. There was like a music cue and everything. I was going to say Rocky flying is the only real song we get from the soundtrack right pretty much are yeah. there other songs i think that that's yeah no i think that's it and for a movie with not that many songs it is filled with sound mm-hmm. there's cartoon sound effects all over the place man so the point where there's a it's a second half thing so i'll bring it up later but there's a moment where there isn't and i'm still confused about it yeah no uh that that's a very strange scene always there were a lot of songs used for the marketing that they just didn't put in the movie uh they a lot of the commercials and trailers featured uh larger than life the backstreet boys song but okay no one in the movie no use but they did they did a lot of marketing stuff to like make it seem more modern and more hip like there are a lot of there are a lot of lines that are in the marketing that are just pop culture references to the 90s that they Amazing. didn't have in the movie, which is strange, I think. Like, yeah. one scene where there's a crash, uh, Bullwinkle says something about, like, I forgot which one was the break. And in the trailer, he just says, I'd like to use one of my lifelines, please. Okay. Well, yeah. for nothing. I mean,. I think Millionaire continued until a couple years ago. Yeah, no, but... And but it's did, back, I think. Is it back? I know they did a Celebrity Millionaire at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah, with a strange choice for a host. It was Kimmel, wasn't it? Huh. Oh, maybe. I think it was. Yeah. Ugh. My dad used to call every week when we were kids, when that was still a thing. Oh, you could call ever... in? Yeah, he never got on. I, I think... No. I don't know how... So it was like, you would call in, and then you would have to answer questions. Mm. I think he, like, got some of them right before, but he never... That's how you would get into the audience. And then 
there used to be a, the the soundstage where it was at Disney. Or at least there was a mock-up of it there. Yeah, they had like the... Like in Florida? Or California? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Florida. Both. Uh, MG, or Hollywood or MGM at the time studios and California Adventure both had a Who Wants to Be a Millionaire play it attraction. Yeah. I think they both... At least the one in Hollywood Studios got replaced with an American Idol experience, which was just doing an episode of American Idol, which seems like it would suck because they would like make you go in for auditions and then come back throughout the day. And that's time you could be spending watching Muppet Vision or riding Rock and Roller Coaster. Like, yeah, but I digress. It was a cool thing. From what I understand, it worked like the same as when you get in the studio, it's like. You have a buzzer, and they ask a question to find out the next person, and the fastest person to buzz in is the next one. But they had, like, a, a top ten board, mm-hmm. and they would post those there. I think my dad got on the board when we went when we were kids, but, like, not into the seat. Ah. Almost. Yeah. Almost, Mr. Smith. I'm just looking at my notes and seeing the things I wrote down that made me laugh. The General RBT Food Store and Admission. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. General Food Store and Emission, the RBTV show, three funny and wacky spies and their horse who will also be a spy. I did laugh. You got me there. Is that what the, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. And they're riding the horse backwards. They're all riding the horse backwards. With a permanent salute. They've all got, like, spy, like, trench coats and glasses, and the horse has a hat. It's great. God. Yep. And glasses. And glasses. Always good to give a horse glasses. Yeah. <laughs> Always funny. <laughs> I think that they were too round. Rocky and Bullwinkle. What? Round? When they came into real life. When they, well, they wanted to give them, they wanted to make them look 3D. Yeah, yeah. I think they were too round for me. That's that's their character designs, though. They're I round like, designs. I don't know, man. They look too much like the the peanut guy. Peanut. More like more Mr. moose peanut? than squirrel. Mister yes. Peanut. Yeah. <laughs> the peanut guy. More <laughs> moose than squirrel. squirrel is he not a guy peanut? who is a peanut? Uh, he's he a is, peanut. He has a pretty famous name. <laughs> he also has a real name. Does he? I, I don't know that. I... Bartholomew Richard Fitzgerald Smythe. What? <laughs> Bartholomew Richard Fish- Fitzgerald hyphen Smythe. That's for real? That's on his Wikipedia page. That's amazing. Wasn't he voiced by Bill Hader for a while? His two credited voices are Robert Downey Jr. and Bill Hader right before his death in 2020. <laughs> Not right. Bill Hader's oh, yeah. death. Mr. Peanut. <laughs> He's and then weird, baby, uh... baby Mr. Peanut. Yeah, then born. Baby Nut came out, and now Peanut. he was 21 and called himself Peanut Jr., which led them to creating natural light-flavored peanuts. Ugh. Yeah. Like the beer? Are those still around? I have no idea. Although Let's look say, at Google. I will say, if someone asked me what college tastes like, I'll say Natty Light, hands down. That's what college yeah. tastes like to me. <laughs> uh, past and future guest, Chris Nikki. every time it came up, I would say, man, this is bad. And he'd go, nope, it's the first beer in space. Gotta be good. It's the first beer. Natty Light? 
Yeah. It went to Apparently. space. Apparently. Apparently okay. they bought it to space. Sure. Uh, it looks like you can still buy a 10-ounce can at, oh, at Walmart. flavored natty? Of, no, natty oh, flavored natty peanuts. flavored peanuts. That's worse somehow. Yeah. But they exist. They're non-alcoholic. Listen, so. if they get me a peanut flavored like the Natter Days, then I'm in. But like, not the plain flavor. I don't know how I'd I try feel about once. a strawberry lemonade peanut. Mm. Right? <laughs> I mean, peanut butter and jelly. So like the strawberry, but the lemonade. You don't even have to get jelly out. You just smear it all in there. <laughs> well, you'd have to grind up the peanuts. He's got the is that a that's a Brian Regan joke, isn't it? With the just put the peanut butter and the jelly in the same jar, throw some croutons in there. Boom. Oh, the goober! Yeah. <laughs> I love Brian Regan. He just came out with a new yeah. special. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I haven't nice. watched it yet. I will have to check that out at some point. But yeah, there's also a device to destroy the cartoon characters called the CDI. Which, I don't know what it's an acronym for, but it's I the do. same. Oh, what is it? <laughs> computer degeneration, or computer degenerating image. Oh, so it's. I know so a general just... idea of what the acronym is. <laughs> the opposite of CGI. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I just, I got confused because there was an old video game console called the CDI that was like a notorious failure. So every time they said it, I was like, is this, are they making fun of that? Or does, no. is it just a coincidence? They're it's playing a coincidence. On, they're playing on computer generated imagery. Mm-hmm. Imaging. With it feels a, like, this really lives in, I mean, it's 2000, so of course it does. Like, they don't really internet yet. No. And it's still, nobody knows what that's going to be. It's where worthless junk ends up, according to right. us. Like Although this they, podcast. They do, they do FaceTime. Yeah, they do. Tasha FaceTime with Fearless Leader, so they had some idea. <laughs> That's true. On that thing that looks like the old Nokia phones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but CDI is created by a child scientist for some reason. Yep. <laughs> no Never explanation as to. No explanation as to why it's a child. It's just children know the internet. Which I guess is true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we are those children now. Um, That's true. I was gonna say she's probably not much older than us, if at all. I mean, no, this I was, was probably only f- seven when the movie. Yeah, I was came gonna out. say this was probably filmed in ninety. So I would say she's probably like twelve or thirteen. Yeah, she looks familiar to... <laughs> to me, though. I'm looking through the cast list to see. So does a uh, child version of female lead. The inner child of Karen Sympathy, this is the only thing she's done. Oh, well, never mind. Because uh, she is Maybe the that's director's daughter. This movie. Yeah, <laughs> it's trying to break through. Yeah. actually seeing this movie, yeah. <laughs> Why um, couldn't they find her, like, did wardrobe have no suits that fit her? I think they make suits for ladies. I think that's just supposed like the little one or just no, not no, the little that one. Was, the that big was one. an exact replica. Oh, I thought you meant the. Oh, yeah, no, I was <laughs> just like I don't know, man. Big suit on a little kid, funny. Big yeah, suit yeah, that on I got. Little kid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, Taraji P. Henson's in this? Blink and you'll miss her. She's at the uh, the Wasamata U rally. I didn't know. Wow. I, I wouldn't have known. I didn't write her down because I didn't see her with my own eyes. But the yeah. teacher from Lizzie McGuire is at that same place. He he actually like stands up on someone's shoulders and shouts. I missed both That's of That's hilarious. Another just... blink and you'll miss it. Paget Brewster. Yeah. I see she's listed here. Yeah, she was on a RBTV um show. She's one of the oh. spies, it looks like. Yep. Cause her she's listed as Jenny Spy. Yep. Yeah, I think the scientist girl was born in 1988 uh lily gibson she played morgan matthews on boy meets world that sounds like something i should know about if that's a familiar thing uh the negotiator she was omar's daughter i don't know that at all is that a tv show is that a movie i think it's a movie yeah it's a sam jackson uh kevin spacey movie if she was in a later so it's probably season, good. If she was in a later season of Boy Meets World, then that's probably what I know her from. She was probably like a very recognizable teenager. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I think this is her. Interesting. She was on Eight Simple Rules. Probably flipped by that before. Something called Killing Animals. Oh. Ah, that's a James Franco thing. The Portrait of the Lost Generation of California Youth. The lives of troubled misfits intertwine as they experiment, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like Palo What Alto, else you got? <laughs> which is another James Franco thing. Hmm. It sounds like James Franco has like four things that he wants to make movies about. Mm-hmm. Do California we think he's going to be the next Spider-Man? Probably not. Hey, man. Willem Dafoe has supposedly been spotted on set, which what? means that if you're dead, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, but I don't know. I feel you like cut in half. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I feel like he might just be like, eh. Or they want to be like, no, we want to give Dane DeHaan another chance. Oh God, who's Dane DeHaan? He was uh, the Green Goblin in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, With the he was the Garfield one. Yeah, he was okay. the kid in Chronicle. He, what else has he done? He's from Allentown, Pennsylvania. That's okay. all I got. Sure. Does he I just know Jason? Rem- we should ask Jason. Past and maybe future guest Jason. Oh, wait, speaking of, okay. So, Connor, when you said earlier that this is a Robert De Niro project, that answered a lot of freaking questions I had because... <laughs> He was on FaceTime with Boris and Natasha. We'll bring that one back. And he said, are you talking to me? Mm. I literally stood up out of my seat and went, how did they get him to do that? Yeah. yeah. He no, doesn't he... do that for anyone. He doesn't even do it in interviews. He doesn't do it for anybody. And they got him to do that. And my, my roommate goes, what? I, I was like, how did they get him to do that? She goes, what, be in this movie? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> the are you talking to me how did they get him to do that she goes i what and i was like from the movie he does the thing was it taxi taxi driver taxi driver yeah. taxi driver well she, fair question though how i guess it's the answer was, is that it was his idea I, yeah he yeah because probably it was his found idea, it funny. he probably had no problem doing it <laughs> i i, I was even, like oh my god 
it's weird or one of the trailers for this that's like the opening set piece of the entire trailer well does, like, he, have any, does he have any kids does he have any grandkids what are their ages i think he has a bunch of kids Robert um De Niro? he does yeah yeah but yeah like the tr- the whole trailer is like oh there's an evil and it's going to meet its moose and he does the entire are you talking to me thing but they intersplice the trailer narrator to be like, I'm talking about you, but not to you. And it's very strange. I don't know, man. That's the only thing I could think of is like he had a kid who was really into this or he had a grandkid who he thought he could do this for. Um, how many kids? I don't know about does... grandkids at that point. Right. So I, I think twenty years the kids ago. he has yeah. right now are relatively young. I don't know if he has six kids. Is there a list of them anywhere? I cannot I'll be on see. On Wikipedia, that's I'm scrolling down his Wikipedia, but it is a long thing because he has had a big career. Yeah, going what? from Taxi Driver to Goodfellas to this. To the war with grandpa. To Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, oh I like that movie. Uh, oh, I God. forgot. <laughs> I forgot about Wendy's thing. <laughs> I tried to like that movie. I made myself watch that movie. I think I'm on attempt five at watching this movie and trying wow. to make myself like it. I don't understand why everyone likes this movie. It's nice, and I recognize a lot, of, a lot of the locations it was filmed in. So I like going, oh, I drive by there when I go to visit Grandma. And I don't hate Bradley Cooper. Yeah, that's where you and I differ. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, gen- I forgot if the actor you hated was Bradley Cooper or Brendan Fraser. So when Luke brought up back in action, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we would get there tonight, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised as well. Brendan Fraser also in a J. Ward card, uh, cartoon adaptation of the same creator as Rocky and Bullwinkle, George of the Jungle. Same mm-hmm. same guy. And also Dudley Do-Right, but I haven't seen that one. Dudley Do-Right, the Mountie who uh, got kicked out of the Mounties for eating his peas with his knife. <laughs> and rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that kind of monster. That's, that's fun. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can't see a full list of how many kids he has, but there are multiple. Well, so maybe it's not. I, I, then I have no idea. Is there like anything? Oh. In October 2018, Robert De Niro was targeted by an explosive device. Sure, sure. Huh. Did not know that. Was it his may kid? As, may as well. No. no. Was it his kid? This isn't. No, he doesn't live in an action movie all the time. <laughs> I'm telling you, my kid's a bomb. (laughs) The bomb has nipples, Greg. (laughs) Meet the terrorists. Just took me a a fraction of a second too long (laughs) to get that joke. (laughs) Uh, There's a minute where they say, uh, this is like Roger Rabbit. (laughs) And then he just yells at them and says it's different. It's different because Roger Rabbit is good, goddammit. 
Yeah, but the joke in the movie is that they're doing the cartoon to life thing. Yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't do that. They did so many, like, fourth wall breaks. I totally thought that's what was coming after that. Wait, you thought what was coming? I thought that was going to be what they said. It's different because Roger Rabbit was good. No, they ju- he just said it was different. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen the way I thought it was going to. I mean... They don't out and out call the movie bad ever. Right, but like... They call the jokes it, bad a wouldn't lot. Wouldn't it work but... if they did? Would it be that out of place? Maybe. Because it's Fearless Leader saying <laughs> Cause it. Because you like it. Well, I and mean, because it's Fearless Leader saying it. Yeah. But I don't think... I don't think Bullwinkle would turn to the screen and be like, Boy, this is a piece of shit, huh? Like... I wouldn't be too surprised. We also didn't talk about Ole yet. Yeah. That... The prison guard. <laughs> little Swedish prison guard man. Who also His teeth has are too version. big to fit in his head. It's <laughs> yeah. a very big teeth. <laughs> but he kept Constantly making me laugh. Smart. I don't yeah. know why. Because he doesn't know about hands? Yeah, he's got a very silly voice. He's like, we watch, we hold hands when we watch the movie. But then how will we eat our popcorn? And what if I want a soda? (laughs) (laughs) Just a funny man with funny voice. I don't think he's done anything after this, but... Amazing. That's what I had written down as a subplot. Breaking Karen out of prison and taking to the movies. Mm. Either that or Bullwinkle's wholehearted attempt to get the president to care about Frostbite Falls and wildlife conversation yeah the very minor environmental message in this like there's just shoehorned in environmental message and attempts at political commentary where it's like the tv will hypnotize them and make me their president it's like okay what i guess yeah i I mean it worked for twitter i was expecting the president to be another cameo He's a guy. He was a guy. Can vouch. I mean, he's like an actor that people know. He plays the dad in every 90s movie. I think he's in a Mary-Kate and Ashley movie, honestly. He's a James Rebhorn. He's in Independence Day. He's in The Game, Scent of a Woman, Hoo-Ha. Scent of a Woman and Hoo-Ha? No, that... Scent of a Woman is the hoo movie. The one where oh, Al Pacino, Pacino says hoo a lot. Thanks. And they went, ah, have an Oscar. Dr. Kaplan in 30 Rock. Something called Animorph, but not Animorphs. Which is upsetting. Did they make an Animorphs movie? No, th- this is Animorph with an A. A uh, psychological thriller where a painting technique manipulates the laws of perspective to create two competing images of what? Doesn't, isn't Animorphs also with an A? The but, book no. with the, A-N-A. the kid and then it becomes an animal? A-N-A morphs, not A-N-I morphs. Ah. Willem Dafoe's in it. Nice. 2007, maybe our friends over at I Drink Your Podcast are going to cover it. <laughs> You've been challenged. <laughs> Yeah, we're throwing down. <laughs> oh, he was the dad in the old Disney movie, Blank Check. 
Ah, I, you know, I've never actually seen that one. It's Only weird. seen people talk about it. Very weird. All right. Anyway, the yeah, this first half is very strange. You got a John Goodman cameo as the cop who says he's not John Goodman. Got Billy Crystal as a mattress salesman. He, yeah, he. That's where he was. Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch him? Okay. Did you Did you not know it was him? I uh I I was not. I looked away for a second and then the very the close thing up on was his over. face. When I was looking, it was the mattress shot. And then I looked ah. down at my notebook, and you were done. And he's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember yep. Billy Crystal being mentioned. I saw Billy Crystal in the notes, and mm. uh, no dice. Yeah, uh, it's Mike and Sully in the same movie. <gasps> yeah, man. Very split <laughs> up, but... <laughs> Billy Crystal. It's oh. like, uh, I used to play this game. Well, there's Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, right? Mm-hmm. My friends and I played Six Degrees of Mona Lisa Smile. Oh, wow, can, I forgot that was a thing. You can connect anybody to Mona Lisa Smile. So Well, that that might be something we can play later. And I don't know that movie. One day we connected Kevin Bacon to Mona Lisa Smile. <laughs> <laughs> and the game is over at that point. It's long-winded, but we did it. Everybody wins. <laughs> yep. Do we want to do the second half of our plot synopsis? She like okay. Connor's just like yes, read it, read it. Let's read, <laughs> read it. it. Let's read the second half. Read it. I also read looked it. at I'm the timestamp and I was like, oh, we still have an entire half to talk about. <laughs> Thanks to Keenan from NBC's Keenan and Kel from NBC's That One Time on Fallon, where they did a Good Burger reunion. Rocky and Bullwinkle have a car and can drive to New York to stop Robert De Niro and his nostalgia-fueled mental breakdown. But first, it's time for some Chicago shenanigans. Billy Crystal and helicopters, what's more Chi-Town than this? Boris Badenov and Natasha Fatal remain hot on their tails, figuratively and literally, trying to zap the two with the CDI. But the true way to stop Rocky and Bullwinkle arrives, the justice system, featuring Jonathan uh, Jonathan Winters' cameo, number two. From Mad, 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 Mad World. He's got three cameos in this. Three, and he plays a different person every time. That's the guy. I knew so fucking weird. While I was recording, I didn't know that guy, and Chris and I were there, and I was like, "Connor's gonna know that guy, and he's gonna know why he keeps coming up." I don't know why he keeps coming up. That's a great movie. That is a great (laughs) movie. Well, because well, it was almost given to us last week for this, but then this came up instead. Mad, Mad, Mad World. Yeah. Mm Hmm. Well, I know why the last character comes in. It's because it's a nod to something that happens in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Right. Buying the the airplane. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen that movie in easily 20 years. I was going to say, I don't think I've seen that one in 20 years. I did watch Rat Race last summer. (laughs) Rat Race I have seen. Oh my god. Because sometimes during the pandemic, you just, I had to watch something. Rat Race is a classic. But anyway, back to the thing. But like most court cases, Whoopi Goldberg dismisses it out of hand. The justice system works, people. So Rocky, Bullwinkle, and Karen Sympathy, played by everyone's favorite Hey What Happened to Her actress, Piper Parabo, rent a plane from a third Jonathan Winters cameo, and then split up with Rocky and Karen flying to New York 
and Bullwinkle crashing in front of the White House. With RBTV already up and hypnotizing, after the traditional Pottsylvanian national anthem, like most movies, Rocky and Karen are captured and transformed into horrifying vegetable creatures, scaring at least one child into being a carnivore for the rest of their lives. Meanwhile, in D.C., Bullwinkle is shoved into the internet by Randy Quaid. Okay, so it was Randy Quaid. Unknowingly inspiring one of the worst Disney movies of the past decade. Moose arrive in New York, turn vegetables back into people, blow up RBTV, and zap the no-good nicks into the internet, and the day is saved. The animated trees are returned to Frostbite Falls, Karen finally goes on date with the weirdly funny Olf, and Janine Garofalo got to produce a movie. A happy ending for everyone, except Jason Alexander, who immediately apologized for his performance, his performance on an episode of Howard Stern. After the movie came out, he was on Howard Stern. He was like, I did this for the money. I'm sorry. <gasps> Love it. But it was like, it was Boris to a T, though. Yeah, no, it was a good performance <laughs> of this character. I don't know why he's the one apologizing. <laughs> right? It's Robert De Niro's fault. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay, wait. So it inspired a Disney movie. What do you mean? He went to the internet and Ralph breaks the internet. If oh, you look duh. at Disney animation for the past 10 years, Ralph breaks the internet is the worst. From 2011 last, to now, last Disney ten? feature what, animation. Where was, when did Cars 2 happen? Disney feature animation, not Pixar. What about The Good Dinosaur? What's that one? Pixar. That Pixar? Yes. What's it, give me a Disney feature list. Alright, from 2011 to now, let's see if I can do this off Frozen. the top of my head. You got Winnie the Pooh, you got Frozen, Frozen 2. Ralph Breaks the Internet is a bad movie, but it's better than Frozen 2. I didn't the, fall asleep in the middle of Ralph Breaks the Internet. The first Wreck-It Ralph, Raya and the Last Dragon, Moana. I haven't seen the Dragon one yet because I refuse to pay $30 for something they're going to put on a streaming service I already pay for. It's pretty good. Zootopia. Ah. Uh, Shakira, Shakira. I know I'm missing like two or three. Big Hero 6. Big Hero Big 6, Hero 6 was... is great. Yeah, I always thought Big Hero 6 was Pixar. It's not. Which proves the person on the internet's point about how it's an underrated Disney movie because I keep thinking it's Pixar. So proves that I don't yeah. know anything about it. <laughs> it's a lot of people get that one confused. I don't. I, I kind of get why it's kind of got their vibe, but. Um, but yeah, from 2011 to now, the last 10 years, those are the movies. And I think Wreck-It Ralph is, uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet is the worst of the bunch. I guess. I guess, yeah, I can only make an argument for it being better than Frozen 2. See, uh, Frozen 2 has Lost in the Woods, which is one of my favorite things they've ever done. So, like, that boosts it for me. True the only one in my theater laughing my ass off that entire scene and all the children were just looking at me i'm like this is great well and now jade finally has like some ammo and she can she has some nice jonathan groff and she can stop saying that frozen is a waste of jonathan groff it was but now it's it not. was yeah. and now it's not now they use some grand now they they were like, huh, we didn't give him a song in the first one, so let's give him the most song in this one. Yes. He's singing the most every song. part. Yes. Harmonizing I have, with himself. Yeah. I have warmed to the first one. I really, I was not on board with it for a while. But then, like, 
Those kids really brought me around. I am nothing if not a large softie. I didn't like the whole, speaking of kids, I didn't like the whole <laughs> inner child thing with Karen's sympathy. Uh, it was weird. It For sure. That, that was one of the jokes that didn't work for me. I, like, I guess it was her plot point of, like, ignoring it, but they didn't really, they showed, they showed it, like, twice in the beginning and the end. It's like, see, it's solved. And it's like, I guess, but you didn't see her working to solve it much. Well, and she didn't like Oli until their inner child's connected. Child's? Their inner children. <laughs> I feel like child's is better there. Yeah. Their inner child's it... connected. Yeah, it's... And how many times did the cameras have to get that close of a, a zoom in on their eyeballs? Too many times. Um, must Too have been times. uncomfy. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what walking into photography that day was going to be like. It's like, all right, so now... Just... um. Make sure your eyelashes are clean. Yeah. Stand still. We're just going to get real close. I can't imagine doing any of it aside from like, like Jason Alexander and Lady Jason Alexander's part. Rene Russo. Yes. And Randy Quaid. Yeah. Yeah. Randy Quaid, I guess. But even Randy Quaid had to do the thing with the stuffing. Throw Bullwinkle into a Yeah. Well, and didn't he play a very similar role in Independence Day? No, he's not in that. Yeah, Dennis Quaid? No, Randy's Randy in Independence Day, but he's the crazy farmer who got probed. Oh. So, I'm just kidding. I mean, What's, yeah. This... When, what movie is Dennis Quaid the president? Ah, some disaster thing. I... The he's not the president, but he's in Day After Tomorrow. Uh, he might as well have been elected the president after the rookie. Dude. What a perfect what an amazing, film. What an amazing <laughs> movie. Oh, I love It's been so long. Uh, he was in American Dreams as the president. All right. Don't think I saw that movie. Uh, he was the president in Vantage Point. Ah, Vantage Point. Oh, what an underrated classic, dude. Nobody ever talks about Vantage Point. Right? Is that... Which As one we is sit that? Here not it's, talking about that's it. not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the movie, there's a uh, somebody gets shot, and there's like eight different people, and they play telephone out telephone like, booth. That's no, what I was like thinking. Speech. It's phone booth. No, that's but eagle eye. That's eagle eye. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the one well, with the phone booth is a movie itself. I think it's like an assassination and Car- Colin Farrell's trapped in a phone booth. Yeah, that sounds right. But Eagle Eye is, a, is another thing with um, Shia, LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Where people keep calling him from a phone booth. I think so. It, it's like an AI keeps calling him and is like, we're, we're going to mess up person. your life. We're going to kill this person if you don't do XYZ. I think so. And you've got to keep answering the phone or else we'll shoot you or whatever because we have... We'll yeah, do something right. bad. I don't yeah, know if I be... caught Eagle Eye. It'll be bad because it's Eagle Eye. Did catch me on his point. <laughs> but highly, uh, highly recommend. <laughs> oh, it's kind—it's uh, apparently supposed to be like Rashomon, but not exactly. Kinda, yeah, yeah. That's a good comparison. I, that's the, what it says on Wikipedia. There's an assassination attempt, and they play out. There's like eight characters, and they play out their version of the events one by one, and so you get like. The first one is, like, the guy who they were shooting at. And this is all he saw. And then we go, this is a guy standing in the audience. And he's got a video camera. And this is what he saw until up and after. 
and you're like guessing at it the whole time until you get to like the, the people who actually know what happened. It was on so Netflix a, for a very long time. Do recommend. It sounds Rashomon-y. I it's, like Rashomon. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, the vegetable men are scary, though. The vegetables Dude. are horrible. <laughs> the horrible. Are super fucking scary. Oh my god! I forgot. I my psyche fully blocked that out of my memory, and they rose up from the floor. I went, "Oh no, I don't like it." <laughs> yeah, the, I'll never forget again. The second you get yep. to that scene, you're like, "Something feels off. What's now wrong?" Now I'm a now I'm a sentient adult. That that image is burned in my brain. I will never mm-hmm. forget the vegetable people. And like, it's largely same the same us. as the Gushers commercial, but scary. But worse. Another Gushers moment. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's so out of place for what this movie's been doing so far. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's like the uncanny the valley of being too literal. Like, they make mm-hmm. jokes that are literal. But, like, that one, you could have really gotten away with doing something else, I feel. <laughs> or... Maybe it's because I really didn't just... want them to have vegetable heads. <clears throat> they could have just dropped a vegetable on the chair. Yeah, they could have just had, like, large suit and then a potato on top that of a crumpled also. suit. Yeah! Were they that... wearing a giant headpiece? It looked yes. very realistic for the amount of CGI that they you can, couldn't accomplish in that movie. You can <laughs> see the separation from, like, their painted face and the tomato hood right so like (laughs) that's the thing it's like the areas where they spent the time are fascinating these heads animations time and budget sure but why not shave this off and pour this money back into the budget because that's what head pieces and makeup people for these shots that's what they wanted. I I guess. I Why did you have a real plane that you built for the White House lawn to pour smoke at it? Why did Cause... that happen? Why did you pay money for an explosive day for the car chase? Because <laughs> explosions are fun. I guess. I mean, they <laughs> are. And Why I was love, it all practical? I do love a sightline gag when a crash happens on screen, but it comes from off screen, and you don't see it happening mm-hmm. until right before it happens. I'm such a sucker for sightline gags like that. I'm I am a slapstick lover at heart, and that really and this was the movie tickled my that. funny bone. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, I laugh out loud several times during this movie and i'm like yeah i'm almost 28 years old but uh (laughs) this this really hits a spot this really hits a uh, a spot right on my funny bone and you could tell it was i didn't know i had yeah you could tell it was a throwback to 2000 because man remember the days when you could just crash a plane on the white house lawn and no one would do anything (laughs) you wouldn't get shot down oh yeah and when rocky and uh piper parabo were flying I literally, you saw the Twin Towers, I went, oh, yeah, it's 2000. Oh, I didn't even right. notice that. Uh, yeah, it was a big a, shot. There was a skyline. I, and I was, oh, yeah, yeah I was kind of just paying attention to the Statue of Liberty, and I'm like trying Dream to decipher, is this, is this an exact shot from the 70s Superman movie, or am I just reading too far into it? I Yeah, I think that's, I think that's all I got about this. 
I said when he said four hundred pounds of moosel, I said fuck you out loud. <laughs> He's a moose. <laughs> yeah, I know. I understood it. He's got muscle and he's a moose. Out loud. I don't see anything wrong with that. Oh my god. He is stating a fact. (laughs) Did Bullwinkle say it? Yeah. Yeah. 400 pounds of moosel. (laughs) Boy, Ruggy. Did you say boy raggy? Yeah, I did. It's a different guy. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Although this movie That's did what... make me appreciate Dave. <laughs> it did make me appreciate Dave Coulier's Bullwinkle impression. It is spot on. It is a good Bullwinkle impression. Although Connor, I will note, you did a Bullwinkle impression without making your hands antlers, so I think you have a leg up there. I mean, I, I had been. I had been doing it since I was 10 years old, so. Fair enough. But it probably sounded a lot worse before I went through puberty, but. Fascinating. I I don't. Hey, there's well, no... I like the idea of that more, honestly. What, of me just running around being like, hey, I'm just... 10 years old and I don't know what the hell I'm doing yet. Pre-pubescent yeah. Bullwinkle J. Moose. Wait, are both of their middle initials J? Yep. Rocky J. Squirrel and Bullwinkle J. Moose? Do we know what the J stands for? I don't think there's a real thing. I think, I mean, off the top of my head, I think it's just because their creator was Jay Ward. Oh. So, but let me see if there is a thing. Like how Homer J. Simpson is J- Homer J. J. Y. Simpson. For J. J. the Jetling, of course. And oh Bart my is... god, memory unlocked. Holy shit. <laughs> and Bart is Bartholomew That's J. Me. Simpson for JoJo. It's Jesus and Judas. Yeah, it's just J. Ward. Jesus and Judas. It's John not... Goodman. <laughs> yeah, it's both for John Goodman. They'll forage. Anything else we want to bring up before moving on to the criteria? The the car, the silent car in the air shot. Oh, yeah. No, that's very the weird. series of... There's so much sound happening all the time. And then the car jumps over two Italian twins. <laughs> I don't who know who they're supposed by the, to be. They're played by the same man. Fair All enough. Right. One Italian man, parent trapping it with bread, and the car flies over top of him, and it's silent. It's Star Wars Episode Eight ship explosion silent. <laughs> it's the Holdo maneuver. <laughs> it's the only silent time in the movie. Yeah, I don't know why. I neither do I. I I don't know if I respect it, but I just kind of go, "Huh, okay." Uh you when they use the, when they use the that shot in the trailers, they have Bullwinkle shouting, "I'm king of the world." Oh my but, god. Thankfully, not in the movie. But that at least that would have been sound. I think it's just because they wanted <laughs> people is. to talk about it. And they achieved that goal. We are doing that right now. Yeah. I don't know. I, I give this movie a lot of credit, but like I think it's just because I liked the thing when I grew up and it's close enough to the thing that I'm like, yeah. I think probably if I had watched it more when I was a kid, I would I would be in your camp right now. 
this is a critically reviled movie and i'm always like i don't think it's that bad but like like 43 percent on rotten tomatoes again rotten tomatoes isn't the best judgment of movies quality because it's an aggregate but like still that's the score i think it's lower i think it's in the 20s oh my god something on peacock said 25 i don't know what that was then that's the audience score Uh. yeah it's 43% for critics and 20% for audience, which I, I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> I, I, would un- I would understand if it was in like the 50s. For, for what I remember of Rocky and Bullwinkle, I mean, I, I've seen my fair share of reruns. Uh, I feel like it, the sense of humor that the film brings, especially with the moose and squirrel dialogue, I feel like it stays pretty true to the show yeah i think a lot of the rotten tomato score comes from how flabbergasted people are that robert de niro is in this movie (laughs) robert de niro is in this movie and apparently really cares yeah that part tracks through his performance that he cares (laughs) yeah yeah no he's in it (laughs) (laughs) both this is the most I've ever seen him give a shit in a comedy in recent memory. Besides, like, Meet the Parents. Meet the Parents. Is he in any other comedy? The War with Grandpa. There's... What's that? Uh, it came out this year during the pandemic. Okay. He moves into his grandson's room and his grandson goes... Fuck this! I won't. I want my room back, so I'm gonna do home alone pranks on my grandpa. And he's like, "Well, I gotta prank back this kid." Hey, Christopher Walken and Cheech Marin, you want to help me out? Yeah, that sounds great. It's the war sure. with grandpa. <laughs> ten out of ten. Oh yeah. Is and it, uh... if you consider Silver Linings a comedy, which I think it is technically considered a romantic comedy, then he's in that. Yeah, I guess you could consider it as one. I think there's enough in there. He's not really playing a comedic part, though. On and off. Dirty Grandpa. But, like... Yeah, that's a comedy. The Intern is a little Nancy Myers comedy. The Intern? Pretty great. I've heard a lot of good things, I just haven't seen it. Pretty underrated. Oh, with Anne Hathaway! I watched I that on say, the plane once. I should watch it because Anne Hathaway, but it was haven't fun. gotten the chance. Yeah, she's been actually a few comedies. Connor? It's uh, what's up? She your celeb crush? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I didn't know about you for a, a long time. Okay, but anyway, yeah, no, Robert De Niro's actually been in a fair amount of comedies. I think this is the best Robert De Niro role that we've talked about on this show. Versus Shark Tale. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This whole movie is better than Shark Tale. I'll give it to you. All right. I'm not going to fight you on that one. It is always nice for me to be like, I like this movie and Luke be like, I hate it. But then not have it be. This is the worst movie we've covered. I do have, I do, I do have a final comment. Wait, speaking of, this is better than, okay, Piper Parabo 
had to voice over every line she had. Have you? Did you notice that? She. There, like, I saw some of them. I didn't know it was all. It was like almost every line she had, she had to go back and fix in post. Like Weird. any of the ones when she was like getting arrested, it was clearly like voiced over. Yeah. I, I was just like, mm-hmm. I turned to my room and I said, did she speak any of these lines or did she have to edit these? I, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I Googled anything about her dubbing, but there's nothing about it online. It looks like. It was real bad. <laughs> Putting that back in there. Yeah, probably. With that, I think we're gonna move on to our criteria, which we do every episode to compare this movie to the pacifier. First up, how's the soundtrack? Unmemorable. Considering there's only one song. Yeah. Yeah. And it plays twice. It's 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 Rocky's flying in the air little dreamer song. I'm going to say pervasive. There's too much of it. It's everywhere, dude. Although I will say they do use the Rocky and Bullwinkle soundtrack or the um, theme song a couple times, Mm -hmm. which I think is when they use it. I think it's smart. It's nice to hear. Yeah. The theme is okay. I'll take that moment. Um, I know that's like contradictory. to all the complaining I just did about the silent car moment, but like, there was no, there was so much time where people were just like talking and they were like, we got to pipe it in. We got to get something. The first time when Piper and meets the cartoon animals, there's a banjo playing the whole time. Yeah. The Cause whole car ride. Why? Because they're going for a drive in the country. Bull sure Winkles, they are. Bullwinkle's picking up uh, radio signals oh, in yeah. his uh, antlers. Oh, there is a hip-hop yes. song that I think is probably credited. Probably. Yeah, he had to cover up his nose just as he was getting jiggy with it. Yep. <laughs> That's one that stayed, and I was like, oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to 1999. Although I will say it bothered me that he covered his nose and didn't sound like he was covering his nose. His voice sounded the same. Yeah. Uh, that it might be like Be Yourself. The soundtrack credits, we got Be Yourself, The Cryptic Souls Crew, Side by Side, Secret Agent Man. Yeah, that happened. Oh, that's right. Yes, it did. Uh, Paul Simon song, America, because they're looking for America. They were. They were. Uh, Keenan and Kel playing Martin and Lewis as a reference to Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah, Very weird little through, thing. For sure. Weird little thing, but this movie's full of them. Next up, where does the main actor land on the dieselometer? A comparison of Vin Diesel performances based on charm and ability. I'm guessing the lead in this is Piper Parabo? That's what I would say. Unless you want to give it to Rocky or Bullwinkle. And or Moose and or Squirrel. Yeah. No, I, w- I would probably say Piper. Ugh. Man, I, I don't know, man. Do we, do we blame it on the writing? Because she gets some of the worst lines. Yeah, no, we absolutely can blame it on the writing. Uh, it was written by Kenneth Lonerman. 
who is who... A, an award-winning playwright. Yeah, he's he's very like big Good. and well known. He did a uh, Manchester by the Sea. Yeah. Like this Margaret. was not that. And no, this. Gangs of New York. Yeah, he co-wrote Gangs of New York. But he also did Rocky. De Niro's got pull. Man. Well, that's like, oh, who's the guy who wrote Rabbit Hole? David Uh, Lindsay Abair. David Lindsay Abair. He's he's got a very weird, uh, what's it called? Movie credit versus being a playwright. Because I think he wrote Robots. Um, Here, I just pulled it. Yeah, he wrote like Rise of the Guardians, Robots, the Poltergeist remake. The book to Shrek the Musical. Book to Shrek the Musical. <laughs> Oz the Great and Powerful. The Inkheart screenplay. Again, the book to yeah, Shrek no, we the heard Musical. You. A Fuddy Mirrors movie that was announced and hasn't been made. There's time. And then all storms on beaches. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, back to the thing. The dieselometer. What are you guys thinking? I'm gonna say Moose and Squirrel are my main character, and it's that Universal Studios ride again. And Fast and Furious Supercharged. Animation rough. Story rough. Acting also kind of a little rough. Yeah, no. I won't. I mean, I'm not gonna agree with you with it not being good, but. I will say that the ride not good. <laughs> nice save. Yeah, I realized what I was saying as I said it. I'm gonna give this. Uh, I'm gonna give the Piper Parabo thing to Vin Diesel as Turop in Babylon A.D. Because in that one, he's a mercenary who's escorting a woman from Russia to America. And is constantly being chased and attacked. And in this, Piper Parabo is uh, escorting a moose and a squirrel from America to America, but constantly getting chased and attacked. Very true. We'll give it to you, I guess. Oh, I don't know, man. Maybe, uh. Maybe Groot. <laughs> <laughs> that is the safe guest bet. One thing to say, but boy, does she speak a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, did I like this as a kid, or would I have liked it as a kid? I love this as a kid. Are you kidding? Yeah, I watched this for a me. bunch. <laughs> I loved this as a kid. For me, it's yep and yep. Yep and yep. See, I don't remember it as a kid. I feel like I would have liked it, but it didn't make any impact. So I think if I had watched it more as a kid, I would have liked it. Or maybe I saw it when I was too young. No, I remember seven years old. I remember movies from when I was seven. So I don't know what happened here. But I think that I would have. It was too good. I don't know if I'm going to say that exactly. too good. It melted your little brain. Made you forget it. Your subconscious went, I will never experience something this good again, so I might as well forget it. (laughs) I don't know about that. What has the director gone on to do? So this was directed by Des 
Mekinoff. Uh, I don't know, however you would pronounce M-C-A-N-U-F-F. Mekinoff? Mekinoff? Anyway. Maybe we should stop guessing at it. <laughs> um, he directed a few more things after this. He had, didn't direct anything for nine years at first. Then Whoa. he came back with uh, Caesar and Cleopatra, starring Christopher Plummer and Nikki M. James. He's done a lot of Shakespeare since. Okay. Which is very strange. Um, uh, is he British? No. No, he was born in Illinois. Okay. Uh, he did a short for As You Like It and an adaptation of The Tempest. And then he filmed Billy Crystal's one-man show, 700 Sundays, and bet, hasn't done any directing since. Yeah, right? <laughs> and they were I like, let's work on something good friends else. Together. Um, well, he's not. Billy Crystal isn't in his one directorial credit before this, Cousin Bet, so. Billy Crystal, man. Well, Billy Crystal. Wacky like man. Actually, I know this is like the stock answer, but man, when Harry Met Sally hits right every time. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah. Hey, there's nothing wrong with the stock answer if it's there's a good too answer. Much <laughs> is there anything as memorable in this movie as the Peter Panda dance from the past fire? I said Robert De Niro's whole thing just his whole gig just his whole, <laughs> his whole vibe shit. in this with his weird hair with his weird greasy haircut and goofy accent and just doing whatever the hell he wants i'm gonna say that noiseless car jump that's gonna stick with me i would that's either something. say keenan and kel's extended appearance or the vegetable heads. They're a little scarring. They'll stick with you. Quite. They won't go away. That's right. Or you'll block it out. <laughs> so bad, you won't remember. Yeah. Who's the Brad Garrett or Carol Kane insane memorable side character of the film? Whoopi. Keenan and Cal, baby. <laughs> I guess you Whoopi said is good, too. Judge Cameo. When she goes... When she goes, oh my god! Oh. <laughs> I went, oh, whoopee. Why? Whoopee. Whoopee. <laughs> I gave this one to Oli. Ah. Silly okay. silly little Norwegian man with big teeth. He fair does enough, not know enough. how to eat popcorn. What if I want a soda? Is there anything as batshit insane in this movie as the Sound of Music subplot from The Pacifier... Which, in case you don't remember, is a subplot that is about two or three scenes long. It's introduced halfway in the movie. Seth, one of the young boys Vin Diesel is watching, is not showing up for wrestling practice and has bleached his hair. When his locker is searched, they discover a Nazi armband. Instead of just saying, I'm not a Nazi, Seth runs away and Vin Diesel follows him on a children's bike to discover... He's no Nazi. He's just playing Rolf in a community theater production of The Sound of Music with like a 40-year-old Liesel. Brad Garrett is later cast in that production because Vin Diesel directs it. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, For me, it's Kenneth Lonerman. The enough. fact that he wrote this. Yeah. That's nuts. 
Mine's uh, mine's the choice of effects. We, what are we, what are we deciding? Why do we need, why do we need those TNT things to really blow up? Why do we need that, that real plane? Was that, were we sitting on a water tower briefly? Yep, they built a whole water tower. They built a whole water tower in the middle of campus because their plan was to sit on water tower in campus and that campus have no water tower. <laughs> Yeah. Where is Boom? <laughs> I ain't the cartoon no more. Well, if we're doing stuff like that, I would probably say the A-listers they got to cameo in this film. Mm. I mean, a lot of it's got to be Rocky and Bullwinkle nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Like People who are like, oh my god, you're making a Rocky and Bullwinkle movie? Absolutely, count me in. Also, Whoopi Goldberg will cameo in just about anything, it feels like. Yeah. She loves pizza. The new Ninja Turtles love pizza. Yeah. She's in God knows how many Muppet productions. I can name at least two off the top of my head. I can't name any. But I believe that you can name one. Very Merry and 2011 movie. Oh. Then I guess I... I saw her in one. Do you have a ranking for this movie and a rating against the pacifier? Yeah. So this movie felt like, you know, when like you waste like a whole day, you're like sitting on the couch and you watch like you, you turn on like USA or something and you watch NCIS all day and you don't, like ncis it's not like you've watched every episode and now you're watching because you're invested in the characters it's not like after today you're gonna watch a whole bunch more ncis you just were there consuming it and now it's like 9 p.m and you're like fuck that was my whole day was ncis that's what watching this movie felt like for me it's not better than the past five it's like 90, it's like 100 minutes at most. Except Peacock, Peacock had all the ads that made it longer. Watched so many ads for Madagascar, but kids show. Kids, yeah. Which completely destroys the initial plot of the first Madagascar, but I'm not going to get it, into it. Is it them as kids or is it their children? It's them as kids, I think. Oh, okay. Weird. Very weird. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Do you have one, Wendy? Or do you want me to go? You go. Alright. Um, I gave this nine and a half terrifying potato men out of twelve. It's not perfect, but it gets the tone of the show right, and while some of the a lot of the compositing isn't great, the characters look good. I think the designs translate into 3D are great, and it's nostalgia. It hits real hard for me, so I do think it's better. Just because, like, Puts me in a good mood. What? Yeah. All right. Wendy, what do you got? Oh, man. Well, I will say, okay, I've seen The Pacifier before, but I did watch these two movies on the same night, just just as a brush up. I have seen both of these movies before. I would probably say I would prefer The Pacifier. But it's like, it's like apples and oranges, man. (laughs) Oh, man. It's just like there's, they almost have nothing in common with each other. Yeah. 
that's part of the fun of the show. Yeah. Yeah. The most recent uh, one we did this with was Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh god. <laughs> I got to listen to that. Um I would probably give it for nostalgic purposes four and a half knee slapping puns out of five. All right. Cool. Well, that is our episode on Rocky and Bullwinkle. And for next week, Wendy has the movie that she's going to give us and we're going to, she's going to give us some hints and we're going to try and figure out what movie we're going to be watching. It's time to play the coming attractions game. Woo. Okay. So there, are, I, I couldn't decide. I do have two titles written on my paper here. They're both so good. Luke, I flipped a coin. Did it come up heads or tails? Tails never fails. Perfect. Okay. Hint one. We mentioned this film earlier in the podcast. Oh, boy. Whenever this happens, I'm like, I already forgot what I said. Also, we mentioned a lot of movies today. Yeah. We sure have. Hint two. Tone Loke is in it. That's really all you need to know. Oh, oh, we, okay. We didn't mention Surf Ninjas today. No, we didn't. But (laughs) this was mentioned, and I believe one of us said we hadn't seen it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Third one. It is an obscure live action, most likely straight to VHS 90s Disney movie. It came out in theaters. Did it really? Yep. I literally, when I wrote this down, I was like, neither of them will have heard of this movie. Oh, I I know it. I wouldn't I'm say so well, pleasantly but... surprised, Connor, that you know this movie. Well, and this I... might this might be a giveaway for Luke. It does share the name with my favorite podcast. Oh, the the one with the the kid in the uh, uh, blank check. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Tune in next week to hear us talk about blank check with another special guest. And thank you very much for coming on, Wendy. Do you have anything you want to plug or like where people can find you or anything? Um, the only thing I really have going on right now is, um, I started a blog a little while back. I'm watching all the Academy Award winning best pictures in order from the beginning of the Oscars until now. Um, cool. Oh, nice. And it's wendypostgrad.blogspot. Um, That's what I got. Cool. I saw. Some, I actually follow someone on TikTok who's doing the same thing. Oh, beautiful. But I will be sure to check yours out. Thanks. As for us, you can follow us anywhere at No Highway Pod. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. There's the No Highway Option YouTube channel. Um, I feel like there should be something in between these, but I can't think of it, so go ahead, Luke. Hmm. hmm. Well... Something Connor and I would go on a cross-country road trip to find is is a recipe. It's it's a recipe very special and dear to our hearts. Um, it's not from as far back as 1964, to my knowledge. Maybe to Connor's knowledge. I'm not sure. Uh, it's, it's a recipe for a chicken sauce. Uh, Rafter's Bar and Grill was a little restaurant in Amherst, Massachusetts, 
that has since closed down. And uh, they used to make this this chicken, and it it had a Yukon Gold sauce. And since the place is closed, we can't experience it anymore. So if you know the owners of the old Rafters Bar and Grill, we're really trying to get in touch with them so we can craft that sauce. Connor's birthday is coming up in June, and I I would love to have it it's for him by then. I mean, I'll take free sauce. I don't, again, I don't know this place. I just Googled what it was. Apparently there's a weed dispensary there now. There is a weed dispensary there now. Do uh, they have a strain called Yukon Gold? I have not been. The shop had either like just finished when I moved down here or it like wasn't all the way up yet. Ah. I'm going to say probably not though. Who knows? They might. But I'll check it out. I'll check it out for research. Apparently they were open for 28 years as of 2019. So 91, I guess. Is that the math? Yes. 28 years. And got the, 28 the, one. the thing was written in 2019. Yeah, that was ah. 91. So 91. Yeah. It's, a, it's a sad time, man. Yeah, the like that Luke's, place a lot. Luke's chicken thing. Um, if you want to <laughs> tell Luke the recipe, or just call Honestly. us about anything. If you want to call in, do you have any thoughts on Blank Check? Do you want to leave a movie in our random request roulette bucket, where we might do a bonus episode about it? We are doing that bonus episode on Kung Pao Enter the Fist. Thanks to, I now know, that the caller was Dan, a friend of the Disney College podcast, who neither of us know personally. I think I played Among Us with him once. Very cool. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, very 2020 thing to say. Maybe we'll break a thermometer on your hand. It's Kung been Pao. a while since. Kung Pao joke. Been a while. <laughs> All right. Um, but you can leave us a message on our Highway Patrol tip line at 301 or if you remember words better than numbers, 301-941-SIZE. And, of course, thank you so much to Ian C. Weber for composing our theme song. Uh, do you have a C for this week, Luke? I'm going to say Cartoon Moose. I was expecting just Cartoon, but Ian Cartoon Moose Weber. You can follow the link in our show description to hear all of Ian's cool stuff. Tune in next week for Blank Check, and if you want to watch along, Blank Check is streaming on Disney+. Plus. But for No Highway Option, I've been Connor. And I've been Luke. And I've been Wendy. And as always, these have been our opinions, and if you didn't agree with them, that's too bad, because it's our way. No, no Highway, highway Option. option. The theme music for No Highway Option was created by Ian C. Weber. To hear more of Ian's music and see some of his videos and stuff, follow the new link in our show description.
No Highway Option was co-created and co-hosted by Connor J. Burke and Luke Smith and produced by Connor.